the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. It is Cofield and Company on this Monday. Steve Cofield gone for the week. If you want to tune out and not tune in until next Monday, I don't blame you. It's going to be me and you're going to be annoyed all week long. So uh, enjoy that. Not today, though, because Case Kiefer is here with me from the Las Vegas Sun. A lot more Raiders to get into. uh, Some more discussion of what was going on here in town this weekend as well. A major sports and entertainment weekend in Las Vegas. We're back. We're back, kind of, in Las Vegas. Uh, But we do continue our countdown of NFL teams as we look at one team per day getting ready for the start of the season. And the next up is the New England Patriots. And anytime we have any Patriots uh, info to discuss, we turn to our friend Greg Bedard, BostonSportsJournal.com. He's been all over the place, uh, but he does great, great work covering the Patriots right now. Check him out on Twitter at Greg A. Bedard. How you doing, sir? What's up, fellas? Not much. We are uh, we are in here enjoying Monday afternoon golf. I know you had a Red Sox game you were watching. Have you got to watch any golf today? Uh, we had it on briefly. Then I remember the Red Sox were in the business of choking against one of the worst teams, and I flipped over, and they actually somehow won, but really lost. But whatever, they're 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 slip sliding away. <laughs> it, was, it was dramatic. Uh, how much concern is yeah. there uh, about the Yankees and their run right now up in New England? A little bit. You know, Adam, I think it's more, uh, they're more worried about the Red Sox. They've been basically since right before the All-Star break, they've been in a free fall. They had the best record in baseball, and now they're like, I don't know, six, seven games out of first place in the AL East, and they're not in the playoffs right now, and uh, they find a different way to do it every night. I mean, I I covered the game uh, Saturday when they lost 10-1 to to the Rangers, and they were just awful in that game and at least Alex Cora like called him out as such you know after the game just saying like it was bad baseball and it was unacceptable and it really was I mean it was it was horrible baseball so uh, this is an impossible question to answer I'll I'll preface it with that but like what in your mind like what's the breakdown of what people care about right now training camps underway we're counting down to a season it's Patriots time but it's also a, a pennant race for the Red Sox I feel like back in the day it was all Red Sox all the time. What's kind of the split now? What is the attention level that the fans are, are paying for these two sports? It's it's the it's the Patriots hands down. I mean, it's <laughs> not even it's not even close, especially with the quarterback controversy. I mean, I will say that you know interest in practices have been down, like attendance. When Tom Brady was here, you would have it would be an overflow crowd, people on the the hill and stuff like that. They can't even really fill the stands now. I mean, I assume they're going to be full. Uh, this coming week because on Wednesday and Thursday because the Giants are coming to town for joint practices and they're always, you know, popular in the Northeast. And so I, I figure we'll see the largest crowds then. But uh, the crowds have been down, but still the television ratings are through the roof. I mean, it's it, it. I don't know when it happened, Adam, but at some point in time this became a Patriots town and the Red Sox are just. I mean, even the, when they were going good this year, um, I wouldn't say that there was huge interest in that. I think everybody was waiting for the bottom to fall out, which it has. So you mentioned the quarterback controversy. Uh, It took a little bit of a turn uh, with the Cam Newton situation. Mm -hmm. What exactly is going on with Cam Newton? I know there's a lot of kind of people confused about the situation. 
the way I read it, Adam, the Patriots released a statement, which they you know never do, and that probably tells you a lot. I mean, if Tom Brady was here and the same situation happened, I don't even know if they would have released a statement. I think they would have just let Tom sort of suffer with some of the rumors. But uh, and this is part of the deal with this quarterback situation is. Bill Belichick has enormous respect for Cam Newton. Um, I think he gives him a lot of cachet around the league. If you've ever heard him talk since he's been with the Patriots, he, he just he, he spreads the Kool Aid around about Belichick and the Patriot way and stuff like that. And that that stuff, Belichick loves that stuff. But the way I read this situation, the Patriots, uh, I think, gave the players sort of the weekend off. They played Thursday night in Philly after a couple joint practices. Uh, they got back, I think, very early in the morning, very late, um, early morning on Friday. I think they were delayed getting out of Philly, and I think they gave the players off. The coaches were back, and I think on Sunday, and I think some of the players uh, took advantage, and uh, you know, Cam probably went home. They, they put the guys that it was some sort of medical treatment. I have my doubts about that. He probably went to see his kids, huh. and. Um, Somebody dropped the ball. Uh, I don't. I think it's. I think it's the Patriots covering for Cam. I think that Cam. Well now, well, now we know he's unvaccinated. We thought that he was unvaccinated. Now we know he isn't because if he was vaccinated, he wouldn't have to wait for the five days to come back to practice. So I think he went and saw his kids. Thought he could. Didn't check with anybody. Didn't tell the Patriots. Thought he could get away with just testing on his own. Got back and they're like, "Well, that's not good enough," and that violated NFL protocols. So now he has to sit out, and it gives a little bit of a opening for Mac Jones, who uh, you know gets all the first team reps. Yeah, that's that's the voice of Greg, Greg Bedard. Follow him up on Twitter at Greg A Bedard. Uh, so how you mentioned Mac Jones now gets a couple of days as the unquestioned guy, first team reps in practice. How how much could this influence the quarterback race, and is there really a race, or do they know what they're doing at this point? I don't think it's going to change a whole lot, Adam. I think that Belichick, um, and, and you know, just judging from practice today, um, I got the vibe of, it, you know, you can tell sort of when things change on a team. I did not get that vibe today. It was more like, hey, the starter has a minor injury. He's out a couple days. Um, look, that being said, I've watched all the practices. I've seen all the games. Um, in my mind, Mac Jones is clearly the better quarterback and will be for this team in short order. I just, I just don't think Bill Belichick, uh, for whatever reason, whether it's Cam, uh, you know, keeping Cam on good terms, or thinking that Mac Jones physically can't last an entire NFL season, 17 games plus playoffs, um, you know, with the current body that he has, it's not exactly NFL ready. Um, you know, he's sort of soft body that he's coming in the league with. For whatever reason, I think that it's going to be Cam to start the year, but it's just a matter of time when Mac gets inserted as the starter. That makes a lot of sense, Greg. And I know, obviously, uh, the quarterback situation has uh, hogged a lot of the attention, at least nationally. But to me, I'm just as interested in what's going on with uh, former defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, we'd heard that he was unhappy earlier in training camp. Now I know he's on the pup list. Uh, seems like there's another interesting situation playing out with him. Yeah, he's uh, he's oh, he's chronically unhappy with this contract. <laughs> um, this has been going on for a couple years now. I've been talking about it. Of course, Patriots fans um, didn't want to hear it, but um, here we are again. But I, I do think, you know, what complicates the situation with him this year is that 
it's not it's not like the guys like Xavier Howard and uh, you know Jamal Adams in Seattle where those guys finished the year they had really good years. You know, Stephon Gilmore is two years removed from being Defensive Player of the Year. He was good last year. I wouldn't say he was great. And then he tore his quad, and we haven't seen him yet. He had surgery to repair a torn quad, and he hasn't been, due to his pup status, he he's not he hasn't passed his physical. So um, I don't know how how he gets any more money. Certainly, a multi-year contract out of the Patriots without coming off pup, taking the practice field, showing that he's a number one cornerback. So. Um, you know, it's sort of, you know, I, I don't know what Stefan thinks is, you know, reality or what's in the ballpark, but I think he's got to, he's got to, if he wants big money from the Patriots, he's going to have to show up on the practice field, prove it, and then the Patriots will do right by him. Other than that, he's going to have to take like a, a small boost, incentives, what have you, for one year, and then, then he becomes a free agent. That's somewhat of a concerning update for uh, those of us who are counting on a, a big bounce back from the Patriots defense. So I'll, I'll cut to the chase mm-hmm. and live up to some uh, Las Vegas stereotypes for you, Greg. One of the first division bets I made this uh, offseason, I took the Patriots at plus 375 in the East. I just need to see it one more year from the Bills. I think the Dolphins are going to have yep. some turnover luck regression. Uh, so you do the math, that means that they need about a 22% chance to win the division for me to make a good bet. What, what, what do you think? Do you like that? Did I make a good bet there? I, I do like it. I mean, I, I am... Um... I do think that the Bills are pretty strong, um, but I do think that the Patriots, the Patriots are much more talented with what they brought in. It's going to take them a while to get on the same page, offensively and defensively. But I think I don't think the Bills are going to run with away with anything. I am I am not a full Josh Allen believer. I think that um, he needs to prove it to me again. He needs to prove it with fans in the stands, um, which can sort of affect him. If you remember before last year. Sometimes he gets way too excited, and he just he sprays the ball all over the place. I think that the fans not in the stands last year allowed him to play a little bit more calm. Um, but who knows? Maybe this is just the new norm for him. We'll see. Uh, but I, 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 I like the bet. I think that the Patriots have a good chance. I think that they, they're going to have a strong defense. Cornerback is concerning to me until Gilmore is out there. I'd like to see them acquire some more depth there. I think the offense is going to be a work in progress as far as the passing game, but I think between the tight ends, the offensive line, the running game, and just don't turn the ball over in a strong defense, I think they're going to. I think they're going to win a lot of games. They have a soft open with the schedule, and I think they're going to be right there till the end. How much do you think it means to Belichick to prove that you know he can do it without Brady? I think it's huge, Adam. I mean, I think you know he won't he won't ever talk about it, <laughs> but. Um, you know, last year was a pretty big blow. I mean, that, you know, Tom goes down there and wins a Super Bowl in his first year with um, the Bucks, and the Patriots don't even make the playoffs. And, um, you know, I'll give Tom one year. Um, you know, he's definitely on the scoreboard, one nothing, maybe 2 nothing because he did so well last year. But I think that Bill still has time to answer, and I think, I think he has a good team. It's just, it's a question of, you know, I've always been a, in, uh, of the belief that when you when you add a whole bunch of players uh, in the off season, it's it's rarely good for that one year. It's normally the second year. But uh, I do think these are some of the best coaches um, in football. I, and if anybody can get it to work, it's them. I just think it's gonna it's gonna take until the second half of the season when things really come together. It's just a question of is it is there enough time for them? I mean, if you remember last year, the Bucks were 
you know, seven and five and sort of floundering, then they won eight straight and going to the Super Bowl. So um, I, I see them on a similar path. There you go. Well, last thing, as we said, it is Vegas, so uh, we like to talk about the gambling world. The Patriots are nine and a half. I have a feeling I know where you're going with this, but uh, you're going over, under nine and a half wins. So nine and a half, yeah, I'm going over. I think they're, I think they're at least, they're at least, I think ten and seven is the floor for them. Um, I'm thinking more like eleven and six, probably. Interesting. That let's see. What what do you have the Bills in your mind? Where uh, they could be because I agree with you. Listen, the Josh Allen thing is crazy to me. I never thought he'd have a season like he had last year. Yeah, uh, but also he had two bad seasons and one amazing one. We can't say he's mm-hmm. amazing yet. He still has had more bad seasons than amazing ones. Yep, I agree. And you look at his history even back to high school. I mean, last year was the the abnormal year. It was the <laughs> it was the one that that doesn't fit. And the Bills. Look, I think they're going to be, you know, uh, twelve and six, eleven and seven. I think right in that same area. They have a tougher slate um, this year, being a first place team, which um, they didn't have the benefit of that last year. So, uh, and I do, I think the Dolphins will be tougher. I think the Patriots will certainly be tougher. You know, I think that the Jets will will steal a couple wins with that quarterback and that and and that head coach and that style of play. So, I think it's going to be a tougher road for them. I think the AFC East. Between the Bills and the Patriots are going to be a dogfight till the end. There you go. Great stuff from Greg Bedard. Follow him up on Twitter, at Greg A. Bedard. What do you got coming up, and where can people check out your stuff? Yeah, bostonsportsjournal.com. You know, any of those big uh, Boston fans out there, come <laughs> come check us out. You get Patriots coverage like anything else, and, and just like, you know, we, we bring you the other major sports. But, uh, yeah, you know, and also the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast on, uh, on anywhere you find your podcast that's been – uh, really popular and growing. You know, every time we do an episode, it's getting bigger and bigger. There you go. Awesome stuff. Check him out. And uh, hopefully, Rutgers will bring you some joy this year as well. Yeah, please. <laughs> I hope the basketball team did. Now it's time for the football team. There you go. Awesome stuff. We'll talk to you later, man. All right. See you, bud. There you go. Greg Bedard. Good, good stuff. Anything you want to know about the Patriots, follow him. Check out his stuff. Always some great, great insight on the Patriots. We have insight on the Raiders. We'll talk about them when we come back. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune up today by calling 577-2600. That was awesome. I mean, a lot of, a lot of black jerseys, a lot of black shirts. It was loud in there and it was loud when we needed it to be. And um, can't thank him enough for traveling and uh, coming coming to see us. It was awesome. Fourth down and one. Peterman under center. Hands to Regas. Dives over the left side. Touchdown, Raiders. Now it's for sure. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. It is Cofield and Company on this Monday. Adam Hill, Case Kiefer here with you. Talked a little bit a little bit about the Patriots as we continue our countdown. We have not talked much about your Las Vegas Raiders today, and uh, Case and I both have been out there quite a bit at practices and watching the games, checking it all out. Um, so we'll get into the local team now. A lot going on. We did talk a little bit about the possibility uh, of not the possibility it happens now, but the fact that they did contact the Bears about Khalil Mack, according to report today. Not going to happen, obviously. Uh, but the Raiders are getting closer to opening day. That means 
making certain roster moves. Not a whole lot of things that are going to be, uh, you know, big splashy moves yet. Uh, no surprise cuts necessarily. Uh, but Case, we've got to address the fact that it was very depressing for both of us that we're not going to get any kind of a special teams battle. There was Dominic Everly in camp uh, to compete with Daniel Carlson, who had an amazing year last year. I know you were high on Everly and his uh, his kicks in practice. He got cut last week. And now this week, as they try to get down to 80 by tomorrow's deadline, Corliss Waitman is gone. So no punting battle at practice anymore. Yeah, I know that's a hard one to swallow. I still think I take a little bit of issue with that Everly was cut before uh, Waitman, who I'm so <laughs> I'm so happy I just remembered his last name because you and I at practice have just been calling the guy Corliss forever. I know you knew his, his last name, but sure. I always I don't know. I just I, I love the first name Corliss. Then it goes back to Corliss it, Williamson. Of course. So Corliss like W. If he made the team, he should have just been known as Corliss. But yeah, I mean special teams battles I think just should be part of the fun of training camp. But apparently the Raiders are not on the same page. And I know you agree with me, but the Raiders are not on the same page with you and I. Dominic Everly, the guy was making everything. Now, I've, I've already been on ESPN 11, 1100, a rival show that I guess will go unnamed, <laughs> talking about show. how good Everly was at training camp. So I won't go too far into it, but the guy was just perfect. He was all you could ask for. And he still was a part of what, the, if not the first cuts, the second cuts. Uh, now, Corliss Waitman gone this week. It's just, it, it, it's depressing. And I guess we're not going to be watching much practice anymore now, it looks like, based on their media schedule. And uh, maybe that's for the better because there's no longer going to be uh, every kick and punt to scrutinize. Oh, I'm so sad, too, because, you know, a couple of years ago, my first training camp up in Napa that I covered, um, there was a an actual punter battle. And it was like a highlight of practice every day where they'd rotate punts and you would get to, you know, I'd have the stopwatch out there and there'd be like six of us, you know, timing hang time on every single punt between uh, Johnny Townsend and A.J. Cole, who eventually won the job. And it was like a very proud moment for me that early in the battle, I uh, did my daily report from up there and declared it was over. And A.J. Cole had won long before the Raiders actually made that official. So it was like the one camp battle that I've sniffed out and like actually gotten right, I think. So it was kind of a good moment. This year, I don't think it was an actual battle. Corliss Wayman had some really good days of practice, but they know what they've gotten A.J. Cole, who... Doesn't have the biggest numbers in terms of uh, gross punt, but he's really good at putting the ball inside the 20, and I think that's really what they care about. And I did notice uh, this past week, which I God, it's off the top of my head. I can't remember how many uh, touchbacks A.J. Cole had last year, but it was very few compared to how many he put inside the 20. And when Corliss Wayman put one in inside the end zone this past week against the Rams, I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's not going to be good. I think A.J. Cole might have only had two touchbacks last year. Yeah, in all seriousness, and I don't know if people care about this, but I did think there was a gap. I thought A.J. Cole looked a lot better than, than, than Corliss Everly W. Everly was the one you were, you were really yeah, I just, For me, I, am, I have much more confidence in A.J. Cole than Daniel Carlson. Now, Carlson had a fantastic season last year, but it was really a bounce back. It kind of was like what we were talking about with Josh Allen. He was mediocre the year before. He's had some rough years. I don't know. I, I would have given Everly a, a bigger look is all I'm saying. You, well, really, you just wanted him because you had you. You're the one that created the nickname for him, right? Eber Electric. Eber Electric would have been great. <laughs> I, I I can't wait till he comes to Allegiant Stadium on a visiting team and exacts his revenge game. It is bound to happen. Never missed a kick in Allegiant in Allegiant Stadium, from what I saw. <laughs> he nailed all of them on that open practice day. Perfect. Uh, very interesting. Uh, I wanted to get into kind of where you stand now, uh, as opposed to. You know, early in training camp, when training camp first started, I will say I don't. We'll, we'll follow up on this later. Um, by the way, this is this was the moment 
they're showing right now. We'll we'll save this because right now they're showing the moment uh, that I referenced earlier, where like they were about to have a, a match for the title, and then all of a sudden, like somebody else just decides to walk to the ring, and Becky Lynch is like, "All right, I'm in." Now I will never say anything bad about Becky Lynch because she is. I've said before, I believe the most famous person that follows me on Twitter. <laughs> but man, that that's just it's unfair to just come up with your own match. Like, oh, I'm gonna come out here and take the title now. And yeah. by the way, the match was like eight seconds. Eight seconds. Well, because, and I, it makes sense because she hasn't wrestled. She's been gone for so long that I don't think she had like the, you know, the readiness to actually get into like a real match. So she just came in like, let's do this. And then like a, like a slam and then a pin. She, there must've been, so this ended up being like a, a three-way bout basically. No. Okay. No. Well, she I, kicked the other girl. So they came out, she, uh, it was supposed to be. This is a real test because I don't know these people at all. <laughs> Bianca Belair was the name. I remember that because I was like, oh, like Fresh Prince of Belair. I remember that one. She was the champion. She was supposed to take on. Was it Nikki Air or is this a different fight? That's a different fight. Oh, okay. I was confused because I was kind of uh, my brother. That was a three-way fight. Okay, yeah, because they had. A, I, I looked at the betting odds. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. <laughs> but because my brother was texting me updates, it's like all the fan favorites are winning. This is ridiculous. So I looked at I looked at the betting odds to see what they actually were, and there was some three-way fight where the big name won, which I assumed was Becky Charlotte Lynch. Charlotte Flair. Okay, won. it was Charlotte Flair, and she actually was not the favorite. The really? favorite, I believe, was Nikki Air. I think she now... This is so stupid. I think she now goes by Nikki Ash. Okay. Which Ash is Air. which is uh almost a superhero. Like she's like a everyday superhero character. Oh, okay. It's very silly. Nice wholesome story. It's line. very silly. <laughs> I might be in thing. coming back fourth of July, right? I was WWE. thinking about watching Raw tonight. <laughs> oh boy. Because <laughs> I was like, I need to well, you need to see like the follow-up storylines for what happened. But I also still don't know anyone. Like clearly, I'm just like I. It was there. Was, somebody was supposed to fight, and then somebody else fought, or fought is probably not the right word. Competed, or not even what it performed. I was surprised. How was Roman Reigns such a huge uh, uh, favorite over John Cena? From outsiders like you and I, isn't John Cena a lot bigger name? Then I saw the sure. I saw the betting odds, and I told my brother like, oh, "Do you want me to spoil the main event? I'm pretty sure who's going to win here." Well, can I like I also I put this together like this is not revolutionary obviously but listen for us newbies that have no idea so John Cena is an actor he has to go back to making movies he can't be the champion right well can't they pull the UFC and do the interim heavyweight title <laughs> they just did to uh, Francis Ngannou but then they had the emergency and <laughs> we'll we'll tap out of this, this is <laughs> it's going spin. way too far it's a tail it, but it's a whole thing so they had so. Then the really weird part of what happened on Saturday was the very end of the show, like Roman Reigns beats John Cena, and then everybody leaves, and then Brock Lesnar comes out. And I guess Brock Lesnar hasn't been there for long. I guess he's been gone a while, which I didn't know. And what what I was told is that that happened at the last minute because the other wrestling company in the world that they're in Florida, I think it's called AEW, they brought back CM Punk on Friday night on their show and that the WWE couldn't allow that to happen without making a bigger headline. So they flew Brock Lesnar in like Saturday right before the show and then he came out and just appeared. Like he didn't do anything. Yeah, I kind of walked around. Or I, thought, I heard he got into the ring after everyone had left, basically. He did after they went <laughs> off the air and I was still there and then he just started suplexing John Cena. Well, like practicing? 
No, I don't know what it was about. <laughs> like you said, it was off the air and nobody was watching. Everybody's left. He started suplexing him. Um, I don't know why. I it doesn't make any sense to me. None of it did. It still doesn't. Maybe they'll answer it tonight. Well, you've got the WWE insider market cornered. <laughs> I, I mean, you know it all. I, I got to tell you, though, even though I've never watched a second of him wrestling, I have unfortunately watched a few seconds of him fighting. I am a CM Punk guy. So maybe well, I'm going to just go opposite you and become all in on AEW. And AEW? I see people raving about it. And I love CM Punk just from his uh, hardcore background Neither. being straight edge. So I, I'm in on CM Punk. It's all the same. <laughs> Uh, remember when we were trying to be nice and not spoil things? Now we've, we've gotten mean and spoiled it. I suck. I haven't uh, been mean for the record. Actually, then here's the other part. Like, I know of a storyline that's coming up cause I, that I was told about. And I actually do kind of want to see it play out because, like, now I know it. That's what I'd love to. I had a little bit of knowledge, I guess, because I had heard you say they were coming back for Fourth of July, which I didn't realize wasn't public knowledge. And I guess people were, like, freaking out that they were coming back so fast. And I was yeah. like, oh. I think Adam told me that 24 hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, it's been a running thing on this show. I have WWE sources. Like, I know about the WWE now. I know people, and I have some information. So that's that's how it plays out. Well, nobody at WWE on Saturday got to enjoy the concession stands because all the – look at this segue. Everything was down, so nobody got to eat any food from the concession stands. But we do have Fat Pack coming up. We want all the smoke. Tweet at Steve Colfield or call 702-364-1100 and let us have it. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already. For it is Fat Pack time here, Colfield and Company. Can't get too adventurous with the food. I know Case is not a food adventure person. So we have to tone it down a little bit. But it is National Cuban Sandwich Day. Any chance you're going to get a Cuban sandwich today to celebrate? Absolutely not. Uh, as you know, and if you ever heard me before, I'm extremely picky. Um, what I, I, I sh- I'm trying to look it up. What even a Cuban sandwich I just know for sure has ham and pickles, right? <laughs> And pickles are the number one. If there's one thing in the world I will never eat, it is a pickle. It is absolutely disgusting. Uh, we were talking about my one-year-old son earlier, and I've never been more disgusted with him than when he just scarfed down one of those huge pickles, and I briefly thought about disowning him for that. First That's all, just disgusting. There was, in Pittsburgh this weekend, Pickle Fest, I think it was called. Oh, my God. Nightmare. So you would never even think about eating a pickle. I would not be in the state of Pennsylvania. I wouldn't be in the state of Nevada if they were having Pickle Fest in Reno. What is your problem with? Have you ever tried they're, one? They're so gross. Oh, so I had this actually, I think it stems from a very traumatic experience as a child. Uh, you know, I'm from the South, so Chick-fil-A, obviously an sure. institution, ate there all the time. I'd always get the plain sandwich. One day, I guess my mom, who who's a sweet lady, of course, but she must have been in a foul mood because I got the sandwich without the pickles. They put it on there anyway. She like yelled at me that I had to eat it anyway. <laughs> so I ate it and I'm just like gagging in my mouth the entire time trying to not throw up these pickles. It was so gross. I think I actually even took them off. It was just the pickle juice oh, just boy. disgusted me so much. I just, it, that's the thing about pickles. Everything else you can take off almost. And even as picky as I am, I can admit now in my older age, that you can take things off and you can still taste things. The pickles, if they're on there, they ruin it no matter what. If there's one little pickle, that disgusting, bitter taste is like, una- it's just, it's the worst. I can't stand pickles. Okay. okay. <laughs> it was, so they renamed the city of Pittsburgh Picklesburg this weekend. 
It was a three-day pickle fest. This sounds like your worst. Uh, I'm canceling the trip to First the Steelers of all, game. <laughs> people are dressed up like pickles at this thing, which is disturbing. Um, there's also a lot of pickle facts. How many? What is the weight? Do you think that the average American consumes each year in pickles? The average American. Yeah. I, I I have a really since I won't be nowhere near a pickle. I won't have a pickle in my refrigerator or anything. I just I feel like I have a really bad idea for what this would be. I would think it's like less than a pound. I don't know. Are pickles that popular? Americans consume twenty six billion pickles a year, which equates to nine pounds of pickles per person. I might have to call fake news on that. I don't believe it. Well, I don't believe it. I'm going to say this. I have pickles almost every day. I think they're delicious. I didn't know you liked pickles, but they're delicious. It's one of your it's one of your few faults. <laughs> pickles and my favorite food of all, black olives. So like pickles and olives go well together. I mean, I don't like olives either, obviously, but I think I would eat 5 olives before I eat one pickle. Uh, they had deep-fried pickles. They had pickles on a stick, chocolate-covered pickles. You're out on all of them? Uh, why are we? Why are we? This is so gross. It's just awful. What? It's just everything. Why you can are we doing pickles. this? Because of how uncomfortable it's making you. That's why we're doing it. Uh, That's the answer. I was hungry until we started. No, this. So you would eat them in no form at all. No, never. Absolutely. And I'll send my food back if there's one. Like if you're at a restaurant where I know the pickle comes on the side of the sandwich, I go out of my way to say. No pickle, please. I know I'm crazy, but it really grosses me out. Like, don't even put it on the plate. If I accidentally put my hamburger bun in the pickle, it's ruined. So weird. Uh, So you were asking about the Cuban. It does have pickles, but if we take the pickles off, ham, pork, Swiss cheese, mustard? That's a good sandwich. That's not bad, actually. Maybe I'm not a huge mustard guy, but it's fine. It doesn't uh, gross me out. I I would try that with with no pickle. Maybe... I should get a uh, next time I'm in Miami or South Florida, I might go with the uh, Cuban no pickles. Okay. I thought there'd be at least one other super questionable, like a no, black well, olive or something throw, on there. First of all, black olives are delicious. You can also uh, occasionally they'll throw a salami on there as like extra, some extra taste, but I don't think you need that. Oh, I'm in for that. I like that. I might get a plain, I don't know from where. So it but sounds like you, you, can, are, you are a cold cut guy. A little bit. I prefer, like if I go to a sandwich place, I usually am looking on the hot side of the menu, but... I'm not opposed to it, especially to be able to say I'm cultured enough to uh, eat a Cuban sandwich on a national uh, Cuban sandwich day. Okay. Uh, are you a hot dog guy as we continue fat pack? Sure. I, I like hot dogs, but I don't another, – another item I don't go out of my way to consume. So I do not know how much I believe this study, although it did come from the University of Michigan, so I'm going to say that it's a very accurate because it is the best institution in the country. Uh, a new study – shows how small dietary shifts uh, can greatly impact lifespan in humans. And the conclusion they came to, now here's the headlines that everybody's been talking about. The average hot dog will cost you 36 minutes of your life. That seems like a lot. Uh, The average soda could shorten your life by 12 minutes. Knowing those facts, I know you're a root beer guy. Are those items worth it? 
I'm I'm really uh, got a problem where I just avoid things I don't want to deal with. Like I said, pickles, and that's how I'm kind of treating this t- as well. I have the link of the study, and I just refuse to click it because I don't even want to hear it. I mean, my diet is like the war is like a six year old. I just basically <laughs> eat chicken fingers and donuts, and maybe I'm mixing a pizza or good two news. Here, chicken so. fingers add time to your life. Oh, really? No, perfect. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> what, just, what if they're not breaded? <laughs> just making you think that. So yeah, I I don't probably not worth it, but I just. Uh, it's too late. I'm too. It's too late now. I can't change are the you, way I am. Are you a hot dog guy? Yeah, yeah, I'd say a little below average. I like hot dogs, but I'm not like this guy that's like, oh, if if you go to the baseball game and get anything other than a hot dog, I'm gonna punch you in the face or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, if you're only lukewarm on a hot dog, no, like if you trust this study, does this make you say like, uh, I don't know if it's worth it? Like I, I like I'm looking at a hot dog. Like yeah, I'm not gonna have that. No. I mean, okay. I, it's nice for me to sit here and say that I would, but uh, well, if I trust the study, it's different. I don't. I, I'd have to read the study. Th- this is my whole twisted logic. I'd have to read the study in order to trust it. I'm not even going to give myself that option because I refuse to read it. I refuse to even click on it because I'm just going to live in, uh, you know, my own distorted <laughs> view okay. of reality. Uh, this will be good news for you, maybe. Uh, first of all, there's five thousand eight hundred foods that were studied. Oh no! Some add time, some subtract time from your life. So maybe a good study to read and just decide what you want to have and what you don't want to have. But here's some good news because everybody's focusing on the bad news, the hot dog and the soda taking time off your life. Eating a serving of nuts. Are you in? Yeah, I'm in. Okay. Could add 26 minutes to your life. Wow. So if you have a whole bunch of handfuls, you might live forever. Well, you could eat like <laughs> 10 hot dogs and have 10 servings of nuts and you've lost, <laughs> yeah, you've lost 100 minutes. Is that how it works? I think so. Okay. How about this? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich could add 33 minutes to your life. This is going to be controversial. I, I'm not a peanut butter and jelly sandwich guy. I like peanut butter, not so much Excuse the jelly. Me. First of all. <laughs> what about a Reese's peanut butter cup? Does that add any time? No. <laughs> as you said earlier, you eat like a six-year-old. I would have to imagine that includes peanut butter and jelly. Uh, no, I don't. I must have had a bad. I, I can't remember. Unlike the pickles, I can't remember where my dislike for PB and J comes. Who but I remember at some point, like in in middle school, I just became grossed out by the jelly. Who and was out. <laughs> it's the jelly. It's not the peanut butter. Oh uh, yeah, I love peanut butter. What if, What if you got like the uh, there's there's the can that has both in it? I, I'm I'm meant. I'm not. I'm not even trying to. Uh, you know. Def- Fend myself for the way that I am. <laughs> I know it's mental, but there's just like there's a we. I, I think it's the texture. This texture of some of these foods just throw me that's off, me and the with, jelly textures it's just gross. That's me with tomatoes. Oh, a tomato. That's like only like the, one ring up from pickles. They're so squishy, and I can't. I cannot. I cannot do it. Exactly. We're on the same. I'll page eat tomato sauce. I'll, like a, on a pizza. I'll eat. I love ketchup, but I will not. Tomatoes are a horrific, disgusting food. If the piece of sauce is chunky, though, it's out. I can't take yeah, the, the big chunks right. of tomatoes the just ruin my day. Like a big chunk of salsa. Like salsa, salsa, I just do like the really delicate dips. <laughs> you don't get any of the chunks, <laughs> and you get kind of just the liquid. If you I ever would, eat Mexican with me, you'll see I'm I'm very careful. I would love to laugh at you for that, but I do the same thing. <laughs> I just get the little liquid on it, not the not the chunk. Uh, okay, well we've learned a lot about Case and his diet and how much longer he's going to live uh, because of his. Not eating hot dog or not. I wonder what a pickle does. We I might make out. it to the end of the show. It's a coin based on the the time taken away from your life. Perfect. Uh, Chicken fingers, I think, are negative. We'll have to look that up on the rest of the study. Uh, We come back. Look at the world of sports betting. 
Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. Back here, Cofield and Company, on this Monday. Uh, start off first. Uh, did not turn out your way in the golf tournament case. We were trying to check it out here. You had John Rahm. He was right in the mix. Last time I checked, when I before I left the house, he was up two shots. What happened? Well, I didn't get to watch it totally since we were here, but it looks like he just wasn't hitting it very straight, found some bunkers. Uh, pretty li- little devastating. I had 13 to 1 on him, which I don't think there was a better price in the world. So uh, pro tip going forward, because I don't know, golf betting is like, one of my biggest time-consuming things right now, but John Rahm right now should not be higher than, I'd say, 10 to 1 at any turn. I don't care what tournament it is in the world. Uh, so if you if he's ever at 12 or 13 to 1, I actually wasn't even crazy about taking him this week because he had been coming off some time off, but 13 to 1 was a great price. Uh, all for nothing as Tony Finau, who's so many times not gotten it done for me in round four, gets it done today. I think his first win in a long time. I, I didn't see the exact amount of time, but Finau, you feel like Finau is always in it? But he hasn't won in a while. Yeah, and his so. last win was also an alt event. So, I mean, he, he's had some good performances, but this has to be his biggest win of uh, an alternate field events. This has to be his biggest win of, of all time. And there was some really good hair going on during, during the <laughs> tournament. Um, I know not everybody was paying attention to it, but uh, I thought Cameron Smith's hair and mustache combo was about as good as it gets on the tour. I, I, I thought you didn't like it. You're in on it now? I, I'm in on it. Well, I, I think don't, it looks good. Like, I think when you don't like something, it's great. It's, just, it's <laughs> okay. awful, but it's okay. awesome. Yeah, I, I think it works for him. He's a you know, laid-back Australian guy who, I don't know, just seems to... It, it, the look really works for what, at least from the outside, I am projecting his personality to be. Okay. Just, just looks like a guy like that. You're just that. assuming he's a guy that would have long well, hair. Well, I mean, I've listened to him talk, and I've seen some videos where he, he seems like a pretty easygoing, laid-back guy, just likes to you know tour around the world. <laughs> you know, on, on the PGA Tour, have fun. It works for him. So we okay. This is this is really spiraling, but this is this is how we do things when Steve's not here. Uh, I have a very hard time. Like I can listen to an interview with somebody that is American, and like based on their voice and mannerisms and and how they act and things, like I can kind of determine what I think their personality is. For foreign people. No idea. I think they're all just like super classy. <laughs> like super I hear classy. like a British person talking. I'm like, yeah, it's cla-. like they could be a total like thug from the streets or something. Like a, like Darren Till. When I first heard him talk, he's a UFC fighter. I was like, oh, this is like a classy British gentleman. <laughs> like he's really not. He's <laughs> fighting and drinking and carousing. <laughs> I just feel like when I hear people that are foreign, they, they sound like they're just going to be classy, like quiet people to me. So they all sound quiet because my tip was going to be probably wrong, but maybe listen to the volume. Okay. So I, you, okay. I think you're too concerned with the tone where if, if you listen to the volume, I would think in my experience, it's a little more telling. Okay. That's fair. Uh, I, like I don't like I know just by the look and hearing Trevor Lawrence because he's on the screen right now. Like I know I, I'm like, all right, I get this guy. Southern surfer guy. Like, yeah, you get that. You <laughs> understand that. 
which I didn't even know they existed until now now that I learned about him, I was like, oh, they're all over the place. Mostly in like Destin, Florida. <laughs> yeah, the nor- northern Florida is a, a magnet for that type of thing. But maybe that's part of it too, is you're not gonna understand the regional differences in like England, perhaps. Exactly. That that's actually the what I'm really getting to. So you really got to the heart of the matter without me even having to <laughs> having to having to explain it because I couldn't. You're a hundred percent right. That's what I can't figure out. I'm like, oh yeah, there's people from different regions of these countries that are very different. Just like people from the outside are like, oh, all Americans are California or all Americans are Texas or New York. Like there is differences between the regions of different countries. That is much more difficult to pick up, I feel like. Uh, in the in the world of sports betting, as we uh that's what we do each and every time at this every day at this time. Um, I didn't have anything much uh, tonight on the menu. I don't know if you do. If you do, you could uh, throw it out. But what I do have tonight, Case, is my first fantasy draft. I'm excited, but also not ready. I would not be ready either. I've kind of toned down fantasy uh, a lot in the past few years. I know this is going to be like blasphemy to you. I don't know. I think maybe since this is the sports betting hour, I think it's just been taking sports betting more and more seriously. It's just mean like... Am I going to care about a fantasy league that has like one fourth of what I'm betting on one game for the entire year as much as I am betting? So I've, I've really toned it down and I, I I feel like I still have a good whole feel on the league and, you know, who who I think is going to the, the players who I think is going to be well this year. But like I couldn't even tell you the ADP of I couldn't I can tell you anything. So if you're looking for advice from me, I'm glad I was able to. uh stimulate some self self growth uh, with you in the whole region accent thing, but I'm not going to be very much help on fantasy football. Uh, fair. Um, I, but I think the, the counter to that really is, and to me, it's just more about, cause you're right. I care much more on a weekly basis about games that I bet. I feel like, uh, because it's going to be more money at stake and that's how it's going to usually be. But I do feel like fantasy is more about competition. And it's just it's it's winning that league or winning that particular matchup, whatever it is. Like it's not it's not simply financially driven. Now I do look at fantasy football as a investment because I've done last year was not great, but for the most part, like the like for the last five years, I've done incredibly well. In fantasy, and it's it's been nice financially at the end of the year to be like, oh, look at this, all this money that's coming in. Um, but it's it really is just more like beating people either that you know or that you're invited to or whatever. Like it just becomes a drive for competition. That's what it is to me. Yeah, I, I like that. And in fairness, my early that, that wasn't the only reason why I've uh, pared it down a little. I just uh, several leagues I was in all kind of fell apart at the same time. And it's like, what am I? Am I going to be the? I I can't stand being the commissioner. I can't stand oh, being the guy who's the like rallying to get these all together. So I literally think within a two year span, like four of the biggest leagues or leagues I took more seriously, all just had no one putting them together. And it's like I'm not. I, I'll play. I will always play if you ask me. But I'm not the one that's going to take the initiative to to make sure that's, these things are sustained. That's kind of me. Like if you if somebody else if somebody's to send me like a an email right now, I'd be like, hey, we have a league drafting in an hour. I'd be like, all right, cool, I'm in. <laughs> Exactly, but I'm not. I'm also not going to be the one uh, rallying people. Saints are playing tonight against the Jaguars. I'm uh, I will look up that number as we speak. But I know that there's a lot of people uh, focusing on the attendance aspect of it, especially as it relates to Las Vegas, because the Saints have the closest uh, vaccination and att- attendance policy to the Raiders at this point. Uh, we did talk about 
uh, how they were somewhat similar. They do have the option of getting a negative test within 72 hours, uh, which they do not have here at Allegiant. But one of the things they are doing is one of the things they're also doing at Allegiant. If you get your first shot, which you can get at the game, you can go in. Now, you are supposed to be masked up if you do that. Uh, I don't know what the plan is in terms of enforcement, but people in New Orleans are saying that they're not really enforcing it very closely, that people are getting their first shot and just going in, which isn't really part of the recommendation. Like, you could absolutely still have COVID if you're getting your first shot. Um, you could if you're, even if you're vaccinated too, but um, it is a, it's kind of a weird loophole uh, that people are talking about, and I think it is the biggest thing to watch in terms of the Raiders and their policy, which will be the enforcement aspect of if somebody gets their first shot at the game, they are supposed to be required to wear a mask inside. Who is enforcing that? How are they going to do it? That's one of the biggest things to watch. And uh, if you follow along tonight on Saints Twitter, uh, there is a lot of people that are down there at the game discussing that uh, as this game gets set to take place from Case, do you know the name of the Superdome now? I would have said the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I'm assuming that is incorrect. It's not. Uh, you should know this, though. It's, it was a big story. Well, maybe I'll kick myself uh, once you say it. What did I, don't, I don't have it. Caesars Superdome. Oh, right, right. I ha I did see that, but I don't. it was kind of in passing. And <laughs> New Orleans is four. Total is 40. Game kicks off in minutes. Yeah, and I think there. it looks like there's been some money on New Orleans. I'm seeing as high as five. It's some... Uh, other books, and it makes sense because I, I know everyone is uh, captivated by their own quarterback uh, battle with uh, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, but I don't know. These games have been so low scoring, it's hard for me to uh, want to lay. I, I don't bet the preseason at all, so I'm not really uh, putting my money where my mouth is here, but just my snap reaction is it's hard for me to ever want to lay more than a, a field goal in a preseason game just based on these scores I'm seeing time and again. There you go. It is interesting, though. Both teams with quarterback situations, so we'll keep an eye on the game, keep you let you know what's going on, and Coincidentally, a whole lot of quarterback talk coming up in the Big Five. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.